Miracy. Something we might lose in that emphasis on creating a like well-structured, well-sequenced learning experience is that there are other ways to learn and express yourself that can't be prescribed, right? You need to explore your own creativity and self-expression. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eaney, the founder and CEO of Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. Hey there, Danny. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who is doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it, or both. Today, we welcome Sean Stewart to the show. Sean is an expert business coach and the creator of Impact Elevation. Welcome, Sean. Thanks so much. Grateful to be here. So, Sean, let's start at 30,000 feet. Tell us, who are you and what do you do and how did you come to be doing it and how did that bring you to online courses? Yeah, appreciate it. So really, I have a creative background. So I grew up in Hollywood in Los Angeles. My father's an Academy-nominated screenwriter. And I was really encouraged to follow my dreams from a young age. So that led me to getting into the music scene and being a songwriter, spoken word artist, performing all across the United States from New York to Los Angeles. And later in 2010, I decided to put music down and follow my core passion, which was to change lives. And I got trained by Tony Robbins and I started to build a coaching practice. And a little later on, I felt the music bug reemerge and I felt like that part of me needed to uh, be integrated into the business. So I answered that calling and I birthed this idea called Rock Your Gift, which is really an interesting hybrid of a coaching business and creative self-expression. So that's pretty much where I am today, helping uh, coaches, speakers, and transformational leaders to use stages to rock their gift, to attract clients, and to bring more of their gifts and talents into their business so they can stand out. Cool. And how did that come to the world of online courses? Well, I mean, from the beginning, I was wanting to leverage my time and I was doing a ton of one-on-one, of course, like many of us begin. And I really wanted to leverage and start doing group programs. So it went into the group program format. And then I started to really learn about creating systems. And I started to build out, you know, my system iterated over time, working with thousands of people to the point where I really found a good sweet spot on what that system was. At that point, I started to put it into the course format and help people with, you know, training videos and recorded material and so forth. So it really was an iterative process of working with so many people, figuring out what worked best and then putting it into a structure that was repeatable and scalable. Can you tell us more about what that process was like for you? It sounds like a lot of your work initially was more experiential. You're helping people with, you know, speaking. That's not just a matter of learning, you know, a tactic or some concept. Like it's something that you actually do. What was it like, you know, moving that into an online learning experience and and what's worked best for you in, in terms of helping people, you know, learn what is essentially a real world skill, although it can be applied virtually as well. How have you tackled that challenge in the online format? The way that we do it is that we break it down into step by step, right? So like instead of what I was originally going through and a lot of the programs that I went through was that we would learn about how to do something in a way that was somewhat broad. There would be kind of this idea of a system, but when I dug into it, I was confused. As an example, when I was learning how to create a signature talk, 
they would teach us the overall sequence of a signature talk. But I noticed there were nuances in how they would present the introduction of the talk. And there was like five little micro steps in that introduction. And I was like, why are they not getting into the granular? Because that introduction is so important. So when I started to build out my programs, I started to really get inside of every single piece has like micro steps to it. So if I can define the micro steps inside of even like, let's say an introduction, then I leave no chance guessing for my clients, right? They can actually follow the micro sequence and they can kind of fit inside of kind of a fill in the blank system. So we really like to remove complexity. Most of our clients are just not technical. They're not overly interested in the details. They like to rock their gifts. They like to share a message. So we try to remove all that complexity by putting together processes and programs that get into the finite kind of like step-by-step and we give you our scripts, right? And so you can just fill in the blanks and we use workbooks. um, We use templates. We do everything we can to make sure that the video that's training is going to give them the overview. And then there's going to be deeper steps as they get into the workbooks and so forth. So I noticed from your website, we integrate movement and expression and even freestyle rapping into the experience for clients in the program as a way to get them out of their head and into their body and connect to their purpose. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's really fun for me because what happened to me at one point was that I realized that my program, this was like four years ago, it was too heady. It was too like getting people into like the work of figuring out their talk as an example, which is awesome, right? We all need to take actions to move forward assets that we need to build if you're a coach and service provider and you're trying to build out your business. But the reality was is that I felt like the energy was missing from it. And in my events, I always integrate rapping, spoken word. Basically, I'm moving, I'm getting the crowd moving. We're really like doing a mixture of like doing the work and then getting ourselves out of our head and into our body and expressing. And so I went actually to a Zumba class that my wife invited me to outside in the park. And I was dancing and it was like really fun. And I realized in that moment that I wasn't bringing enough of that into the course itself. And so after that day, I realized I'm going to start to create a different format in my programs in which we have calls. So we have live calls, right? We really do kind of a, a group format mixed with the training. We have various live calls throughout the month. One of them, of course, is like a hot seat and, you know, masterminding with the community and so forth. But one of them is built entirely around expression. So we call this an alignment call because we can do various things in these alignment calls. But sometimes we're doing movement, we're dancing, we have somebody leading or we put on songs and we just get ourselves engaged. Sometimes we're doing visualization. Other times we're actually getting people to rap. We have a simple process that gets people who've never freestyle rap before to just get themselves open. We put a beat on. And then we ask people to not worry about rhyming. And just the only rule is that you don't stop. You know, it's like you just got to keep going and it doesn't matter. In fact, the best raps are really when it doesn't rhyme and you just say something from the heart over the beat, because the truth is that we're always on time if we just keep moving forward. So we integrate that energetics of it. And once we did that, it really helped our clients get into a space where they're basically feeling the vibe of their calling and passion in their work again, versus just getting caught up in the day-to-day of what they have to do to move these assets forward. So that's how we do it. So this is fascinating. Is this about kind of the process to get them to the deliverable, or is this the actual deliverable? In other words, are all of your students, when they get on stage, are they all rapping on stage? Or is this how you get them to a place of expressing in whatever way is authentic and effective for them? The second way, right? 
So it is about getting them open, getting them break open kind of the overthinking. Because what I find, especially in the speaking space, you know, is that people want to get it right. So we get into perfectionism and it just totally kills the energy and the vibe. So I'm always helping my clients realize that whenever I'm presenting, I never use a script. I mean, I have slides, but the moment brings the energy for me and I encourage my clients to do that. So we give them the process of what the right things to say are, let's say in a signature talk and how to conduct it. Like we really break it down, like I said earlier, into the finite details. So the outlines are all there. But then when it comes to communicating from stage, we utilize these practices of freestyling and movement to get them into a place of presence so that when they perform, they have access to that energy of really spontaneity, improv, which I think is the center of what creates more of an engaging experience for the audience and even for the presenter. And are all of your course participants, you know, open and receptive and embracing of this methodology or are some people resistant? You know, it's not going to be a hundred percent that everybody's from the bat ready to jump in. But the truth is that once you start moving and once you get yourself up, right, it's kind of like if you decided to invest in this program and you're going to get my help, right? If people eventually kind of say, you know what, I'm going to try what he's saying. So they step into it. And then what happens is that they find it to be extremely freeing. And so they love it. So people that you would never think of, like we're talking about people who have never, ever, they don't even like rap. Okay. You don't have to like rap. You don't have to like hip hop. It's about the fact that it's freeing up and it's like breaking them out of the box and doing something they've never done. So what happens is that once they stand up and they get their self engaged in it, they usually want to do it more and more because it's so freeing. So it's really, it's fascinating to see how many people take to it. And I'm assuming you're clear on the sales page and sales materials that this is your approach and this is how you this is how you do things. So they know what they're signing up for. Yeah. I mean, it's all integrated in because it's about the message for us is about integration of creativity, integration of gifts. So we're going to express that's who we are. Right. I'm going to share that I'm a rapper. I'm going to share that we bring expression to it. It's in the sales page. And it's not about my thing. It's about their thing. So I'm very clear that I'm just modeling what's possible for them when they can bring more of their gifts in. Art is not just, you know, an art form, but whatever that thing is that brings them into that genius zone energy, our goal is to help them to integrate that more. And so I'm just modeling that I happen to have a background in this rap and spoken word thing. So it's not like you have to adopt my style. You just want to, uh, you know, try these exercises to get yourself open and start bringing more of you into it. I mean, almost sounds like there's a there's kind of two forces in play where on the one hand, you're kind of coaching people to be more improvisational and, and open. And on the other hand, also, they're looking for a business outcome or result, right? Like they want to be guided to getting more clients, to like selling more from the stage. So how do you balance those kind of two threads where they want an outcome or result, but you also need them to be more open and improvisational and flexible? It's a great question. And it took me a while to dial it in because at first I would have people come in who didn't have a viable business. They didn't have their ideal client clarified. They didn't have a good offer. And they're out there trying to merge their gifts into their business when it didn't have viability from the outset. So we always start with doing things in the right sequence. And so we're looking at from the very beginning, making sure that they have the right ideal client. We have the right offer. They're structuring their programs, right? They're viable. They're getting out there. They're attracting clients. They're beta testing. They're getting like proof of concept. And then they're, you know, scaling or whatever their next steps are. 
And when we look at the integration of the you know, expression piece, it's just a booster to that. And as they start to expand and get their business to, let's say, the six-figure level, because our program has different levels to it. So we have like phase one, phase two, and phase three, if you will. As people get to phase two and three, where their business is generating, let's say, 10K or more, at that point, we actually take them through an even deeper process of branding, in a sense, and bringing more of their gifts into their business messaging, into even their package design. So it's like the first step is viability. Then we're always integrating movement and creativity and expression as a way to get people tapped into the why behind their work and the motivation to keep moving forward in the midst of getting the assets done. And then we bring back in the idea of integration of your gifts by helping people with branding and helping them with their messaging in a new way that sort of pops and helps them become kind of a category of one in their space. So there's different levels, but we do it in a sequence. So we're not overlooking the need to get clients and grow as the first most important step. Well, this was fascinating. I feel like we covered a lot very quickly, but uh, I've, you know, I've gotten a ton out of this. Sean, is there anything else that you want to share about the work that you do that you think is important for our listeners to hear? Well, since we're talking about courses, one of the things that I personally love is the idea of what is sometimes called a hybrid group model and uh, other people call it evergreen. I personally call it the profit center group model. I think it's something that I wanted to highlight because that's the way our business is built. It's built around that. And the reason why I think that's a really cool model is because it has the course component, right? And it also has that deeper transformation that we have where we get to work with people both in a one-on-one way and in a group format so that we can deepen the experience. Our goal is to be world-class. Our goal is to create transformational results in our clients. So we found that that particular model is extremely effective in both helping. We teach it. So it's not just effective for us. So we teach our clients how to create this type of rolling enrollment group offer so that they can create that deep work that they love to do with their clients at the same time as leverage their time and not have to be caught up in delivery all week long. So I wanted to bring that up because what I think is really cool that is something I'm really passionate about in this course creation space is the fact that when people are looking to create revenue quicker, The idea of having a high ticket group offer as your profit center, as the primary thing that you offer, it automatically creates the course at the same time because you course is the backbone to the group. And then what people can do is they have the revenue solid because they're getting high ticket sales from the group and they're not overworking. And they can now pull out the course and basically start selling the course as a separate revenue stream secondarily. So I get really passionate about that because I've seen, you know, sometimes people who get challenged with generating enough revenue. And we like to help people with the high ticket model sequence wise first, and then to open up the course, like the do it yourself course model secondarily. So I just want to put that out there because I'm really passionate about it. Awesome. Thank you for making sure we got that in. This was great. Abe, do you want to do the readout? Sean Stewart is an expert business coach and the creator of Rock Your Gift, as well as Impact Elevation. To learn more about Sean and his services, head on over to rockyourgift.com. That's rockyourgift.com. Thanks, Sean. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the best takeaways for you to apply to your course.
Abe, some interesting stuff here. What jumped out to you? I mean, I guess the first big theme was around this idea of improvisation, um, which is often something we don't talk about as much, right? We place a lot of emphasis on bringing people along structured paths around guiding people through a well-designed and well-sequenced learning experience. And obviously there's great value to that. Something we might lose in that emphasis on creating a like well-structured, well-sequenced learning experience is that there are other ways to learn and express yourself that can't be prescribed, right? You need to explore your own creativity and self-expression. And the way that Sean brings that out is like, I think pretty unique, but it also points the way to some approaches that other course creators could like pick up and, and use in their own way. So he talked about integrating, for example, freestyle rapping as a way to kind of get people out of their shell and doing something that might feel a bit uncomfortable at first, but helps open up their creativity and their ability to improvise and kind of tap into their own voice. And the takeaway there is not that every course needs to start adding freestyle rapping, although maybe we'll see it become more popular after this interview. But to think about what is it that you could do in your course with your participants that would help them tap into their own creativity and self-expression and maybe get out of their own way a bit. I think there's a lot of interesting paths people could go in there. Yeah, and getting out of your own way, so to speak, a lot of that starts with just getting out of your head. And I think we've been seeing kind of a theme um, of, of embodiment in a number of conversations we've had. And, and, you know, maybe it's a reticular activating system thing, but I feel like I've been seeing it around everywhere lately. But this idea that I mean, learning is not fundamentally something that happens just in your brain. You're not a robot. You're not plugging into the matrix and downloading information, right? Learning is an embodied experience because we are embodied beings. We, we show up with our whole experience. When we get too stuck in our head, we're actually more disconnected from what we're doing and from what we're learning and trying to internalize. And so while the wrapping is an interesting approach to that, I think the really important takeaway is to find whatever way fits in your course to help people get out of their head and, you know, move past whatever is kind of getting in their way to be able to get into the work and really internalize the ideas and the learning. Yeah, to internalize them and to take ownership of their own creative capability, right? Like, I think there can almost be a danger in courses where, again, we want to give people a clear path. So, you know, we're saying, hey, you need to learn A, B, and C. Then you need to follow this process. And here's the script for how to do it. And here's the template for how to apply it. And it, it can become very directive, which is, again, with the best of intentions. But something that really made me think about this approach is like, what if in doing that, we're causing people to give up some of their creative agency to, to, for them to say, okay, this is a cool model and a cool approach. And, you know, I have my own ideas, right? We don't want our course participants to feel like they just have to be following a roadmap. They should learn from the roadmap and, you know, expand on it with their own, their own abilities. Well, and to the point that what we know about learning is that learning is not about copying someone else's mental models. It's about creating your own. And so good instruction will help people connect the dots and be like, oh, I see how this fits into that. And I see how this idea builds on top of that other one. But they've got to build their own models. They can't just, you know, essentially copy down your notes and be like, oh, yes, it's in my head now. Right. It's not that simple. That's uh, 
what's the Mark Twain line about, you know, education being about the transfer of ideas from the teacher's lecture notes, to the student's notes without going through the brains of either, right? That doesn't work very well in practice. You know, the other thing that jumped out to me was where the epiphany came to Sean. He was, you know, at an outdoor Zumba class with his wife. And he was like, I like the way this feels. I wonder what implications this has. And there is so much opportunity for learning and spotting opportunity in going through our experiences and just being attentive and observant to what we feel and what we like and what we don't like and how we're responding to stimuli and how it might be relevant to other things. That's where, you know, a lot of the best ideas tend to come from, right? They're a completely lateral context. You're like, hmm, what does this tell me about that other thing? And so that lesson of just remaining open and noticing what triggers positive, negative experiential reaction in you, you're like, this is interesting. I wonder how I might take this to this other context. Yeah, that's cool stuff. I'm glad we got to talk about freestyle rapping. <laughs> Likewise, um, that's uh, that's all I got. Do you want to do the readout? Yeah. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Crystal, co-founder and CEO of Riziku, here with Danny Eni, founder and CEO of Miracy. Course Lab is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Making It. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, post-production by Post Office Sound. Another thanks to Sean Stewart for coming onto the show today. Remember, you can learn more about Sean and his programs over at rockyourgift.com. And to make sure you don't miss the excellent episodes coming up on Force Lab, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and leave us a star review. It really does make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind the scenes kind of thing. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen, and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is, ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah. Because we're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. 
my desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness, fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why, are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.